0: Let's Talk Education Research, a research podcast from the Institute of Education at Dublin City University. With me, your host, Dr. Peter Tiernan. I'm here this month with Dr. Aoife Brennan, who is the Head of School for the School of Inclusive and Special Education here on the St. Patrick's Campus, uh, DCU. So as always, thanks a million for joining me this month, Eva. Really appreciate it. I know you have a very busy schedule, especially being head of school this time of year. All the plans for next year and all of that. So I know it's uh, time is precious and valuable to you. So I appreciate you giving up the time to talk to us this month.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks, Peter.
0: So, um, Eva, as we always do, just for our listeners, if you could start maybe by telling us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. So. Um I come from a primary teaching background and I worked as a primary teacher in mainstream classes but also as a special education teacher and providing additional support for learners with additional educational needs and then I started my edd while I was working in that role or my doctorate in education and I really looked at the area of how can we support teachers to enact inclusive practice because there is a bit of a lack of confidence and competence there something I, I would have experienced myself as a teacher And um, I suppose that led me to my role in the School of Inclusive and Special Education. So I joined there as an assistant professor in 2017.
0: Lovely, lovely. And I know you're here today to talk to us about a number of different areas related to transformative professional learning, related to inclusive practice. I know you have a recent publication in that area and we spoke before about how that's led to a project that's currently running in that area and there are some future plans too. Can you tell us a little bit about that, the publication of the project, what they're about and how that all ties together?
1: Yeah, so um, the paper you're talking about, I um wrote with my colleague Fiona King in the School of Inclusive and Special Education. um, And it kind of it came out of the doctoral work, I suppose, it was a follow-up study, um And the paper itself is called Teachers' Experiences of Transformative Professional Learning to Narrow the Values Practice Gap Related to Inclusive
0: Practice. And we would of course, have the link to that <laughs> in the description of the podcast.
1: Thanks, features. So, um, as I said, look, when I was working as a, a primary teacher in mainstream classes and, and then as a special education teacher. Now, it used to be called Learning Support Resource. The, the name changed back in 2017 with policy change from the Department of Education. But I certainly experienced that lack of confidence at times and doubting myself was I effectively meeting the needs of all learners and, you know, the diversity of learning needs. It, it, there's such a wide range in schools across primary and post-primary. Of course, now we've a huge increase in, in special classes in mainstream schools and even new special schools opening recently. Um, so this is, it is an issue. And, and I suppose when I was looking for an area of focus for my doctoral study, I um, I was reading more literature in the area, uh, I suppose, and there was a bit of affirmation because I felt, oh great, research says, yes, teachers feel this way, you know, it's not just me, Um, and certainly globally that's an issue, but of course in Ireland it's an issue for a lot of reasons, um, one of which is a lack of opportunities for professional learning relating to inclusive practice and maybe that there's been insufficient teacher education now that's something that is developing and growing you know the initial teacher education programs for primary post-primary teachers there's more and more uh, content modules on inclusive education which is certainly uh, a really good improvement but there's still a way to go there Mm -hmm. and and you know i was when i was looking at this area i thought god well what's an effective way to support teachers you know to kind of enhance inclusive practice with the ultimate goal of improving student learning um, and I started to re- read about well professional development, professional learning, and um, I suppose I should just say about the terminology so I'm not confusing people and um, I think everyone's pretty um, familiar with the term professional development or continuing professional development. Um, could be for example a workshop or a seminar or could be a university accredited program for example. Um, But the literature tends to favour the term professional learning in recent years, um, which would refer to the wide range of kind of processes, activities that have meaningful impact on, on
0: learning. Is it that the CPD has... Uh, connotations of I go do a course and come back whereas the professional learning is a much more embedded process that can happen in practice out of practice on site off site is that where the literature that's goes?
1: exactly right yeah so I suppose moving away from the idea that it's something that's done, done <laughs> to you, yes. yeah exactly you know that um you know I go to workshop it's it's provided and professional learning as you said it's more meaningful might be context specific job embedded for example and um, so certainly it's seen as maybe something that hopefully could be more transformative but um, unfortunately a lot of the professional learning opportunities out there remain quite um transmissive they're kind of knowledge sharing if you like you know workshop style or maybe once off and um, types of, of professional learning which have a value absolutely you know um, but they just are unlikely to impact teacher change in a significant way Mm
0: -hmm. that results in change practice and that's where the transformative piece in the title of your paper exactly yeah yeah so and I know we we, in a way we have a good bit to get to because there's the project too and I know your future plans as well um is there key elements of that paper key findings key pieces that drew you to the next stage or what were the key findings from that paper that you'd like to highlight and maybe how they link to the next stage.
1: Yeah, so um, I suppose that paper relates specifically to a professional learning community for inclusive practice. So professional learning communities, people might be aware, usually involve groups of eight to 10 professionals who meet over a regular sustained period to focus on a problem of practice. And they're more likely to be a transformative model of professional learning or to transform learning that impacts practice um, if they have certain qualities or characteristics that you know, teachers or professionals are engaged in critical inquiry and reflection and really focused on student learning. Um, but there's a lack of research around how they might support teacher learning for inclusion or inclusive practice. So in the article it focuses on one that I led in a primary school over a course of six months, so not a very long period but resulted in quite significant findings. Um, initially, after the professional learning community ended, interviews of participants and observations in classrooms showed that it helped to enhance teachers' attitudes towards inclusion, um, it enhanced their efficacy, their beliefs and their ability to enact inclusive practices and, and their collaboration with, with one another. Um, so the article looks at, okay, that's all well and good, you've done your professional learning community for six months and it's had a positive impact, but does it last? Mm. So how can we sustain the learning? So we went back to the school two years after the PLC ended and um, did observation in in five classrooms and and re-interviewed the participants, nine of the ten original participants. And we found that the the learning had sustained and it had uh, developed further. So the teachers didn't continue to meet in the PLC, but it had developed this kind of culture collaboration that lasted. Um, and that first piece around the attitudes, beliefs and the efficacy could be seen in teachers who would change roles. So initially in the PLC, um, the teachers were all mainstream teachers. We were kind of surprised that, you know, when I invited teachers in the school to be involved, there were it was a very large school, there were a lot of support, special education teachers and special classes but only mainstream teachers elected to to take part. But those teachers had changed roles. Many of them, when we went back, you know, two had moved into a special education teaching role and two had moved into special class roles. And they said part of the reason why was the PLC developed their confidence in their capabilities, their collaboration, their new practices, and they could see the impact in the students.
0: Okay. And it's interesting that it was the teachers that, signed up uh, uh, originally was there anything in or did you explore that uh, at the time or afterwards why it was only the teachers that, that signed up and not the, or, or the support staff members that signed up to the PLC yeah
1: I suppose I kind of had the idea from the findings why that might be but I couldn't definitively say okay. so a couple of the reasons was that you know there was a generally a positive school culture but they hadn't a lot of collaboration at that time between special education teachers and class teachers okay. And we thought maybe that was one of the reasons. So was a, it
0: was almost like a, a separation of roles and maybe they didn't perhaps feel that that was for them.
1: Ex- that's what we thought. And perhaps that the class teachers, of course, were dealing with larger numbers of students at the, any one time. And maybe that the special education teachers were more focused on the support in a withdrawal context. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think that that could have been the reason.
0: OK, so that's then the the, the piece that is in, in the paper. Um, and, you know, it sounds really interesting. And I... I it's great to hear that when you went back, trans- transformation had happened, you know, and it mm. sustained over time. And my understanding from our conversation previously is that's led on now to uh, a a research project that you're involved in at the moment. Tell us a little bit about that. So there is a direct link, isn't there, between yes, the two? Yes, that's
1: right. Yeah, so. I suppose that paper kind of proposes, you know, a conceptual framework for. It. Look, if you if you want to develop this, how you might go about, you know, developing professional learning communities for inclusive practice, um. And I thought it'd be really interesting to look at maybe, you know, a number of schools being involved and perhaps how, I could support teachers to lead it themselves
0: in their own schools, because uh, uh, even before yeah. you say it, what what I think is really interesting about that approach is, you know, you have your your framework that you're proposing and it's all about transformation and it sounds to me like what you're trying to show now is using that framework in practice can transform practice. So you're practicing what you preach almost, (laughs) you know? So it's the implementation of the framework that came out of the paper, is that?
1: Exactly, yeah. And I suppose to try it out and see, look, does this work in other contexts? And particularly post-primary because it had been a primary school. I was really interested to see, does this transfer to post-primary contexts, which arguably... somewhat more challenging because of the high stakes examinations that that post-primary teachers are are dealing with in that context. Um, So the the project that that just finished recently um, it was funded by the Teaching Council and it it I suppose engaged teachers as professional learning community leaders in their own schools. So there were two post-primary schools and two primary schools Um, and the teachers who led the PLCs in their
0: schools Um, they had come through postgraduate programs in the school of inclusive and special education so so just to clarify when you say the teachers that led their PLC's in their schools, so you took more of a supportive role in this so you took the model from your paper they applied it in their schools and you were there in an advisory supportive role exactly
1: yeah kind of like a university school partnership so yeah so in the first you know in the initial PLC I was visiting the school each month and I was the person facilitating it so I really want to see well look that's not very sustainable for schools to have someone coming in and looking for someone to do this how can we support schools to do it themselves
0: yeah,
1: okay. um, and I suppose there were quite similar findings that came out of those professional learning communities in particular in the post-primary schools it was really interesting to see how well they took off and how much the teachers really felt they were a safe space. That really came out where they could collaborate in a professional way, but that it was collegial, that they could share problems of practice, but get that support. Mm -hmm. And the affirmation that, you know, I might be a science teacher teaching third years and you might be a home economics teacher and you're teaching fifth years and yet we have similar issues, you know, that we can actually
0: collaborate on. Yeah, it's that bringing together of the challenges that, that we all face together mm. you know yeah. um, and in terms of the the, the framework or the, the principles that you would have uh, brought into those schools is there a snapshot or a summary of those or key the key highlights i'm not trying to get you to quote your own paper is there uh, or what were the key ones that may have maybe come through from the participants mm. that they but well, yeah. this is what made it work for us
1: so the key framework or the principles for developing these professional learning communities they build upon literature that was already there about okay what what are the characteristics of um, effective professional learning communities so a shared focus and it's really important and i suppose to build upon that a really narrow focus within inclusive practice so for example in one school it was inclusive practice but let's go narrow and look at group work within inclusive practice which is quite a challenging thing to, to develop Um, and that didn't mean that that's all that was discussed then other issues will be touched on just you know um, I suppose implicitly as as Mm. the meetings were happening
0: and and when you start a conversation then naturally other conversations happen around that
1: that exactly exactly but the shared focus brought them back to okay this is what we're going to try and and work on and each month they would implement something new and then come back and discuss how it went and and build upon it Mm. and so the shared focus the inclusive membership. So two of the schools um, in the project, a post-primary school and a primary had SNAs or special needs assistance as part of the professional learning community. And that was highly valued by the teachers and the SNAs. Mm-hmm. You know that I suppose in, in the SNA role in the Irish context, it's primarily related to physical support, medical support needs. It's not meant to be an educational support role. But ultimately it happens. Mm. <laughs> and we know that from, from the research. Um, so to have that collaboration and the time and space. Now, time's the issue. It was a challenge. But when they got together a marked out time, for example, during mandatory after school hours, or what's known as Crow Park hours, or lunch breaks here, or or whatever, um, you know, they had the dedicated space to engage in that safe space of collaboration. Um, I suppose the other principle to be conscious of was leading the plc that those teachers the leaders were conscious of effective pedagogies for learning Mm -hmm. so it wasn't just a chat you know It how can we engage everyone in critical dialogue here and and sharing of work that's meaningful where we're reflecting and challenging each other in in that space
0: sounds great um if there was an elevator pitch if if there was a one line that you could say this is my biggest takeaway from the project so far because i know it's only wrapped up uh, recently uh, recently enough, is there a 30 second, this is my biggest takeaway from that. I know you've gone through lots of that there and the, uh, all of those important findings about teachers working together and the SNAs being involved. That's all really valuable. Is, if there was a one-liner, what would it be?
1: I think that the professional learning space for teachers around inclusion, it needs to be job embedded and specific to their context and something that gives them the confidence um, and the safe space to do that.
0: Great. Excellent. Um, so what's next? So uh, what, what's fascinating about this conversation is that there's a clear lineage, you know, a timeline, you know, you started your doctoral work in this area. Then we've talked about the paper and the framework that came from that. And then the project, which has been an implementation of that, you know, I'm, I'm summarizing, obviously, but with a number of schools and some really important findings are, are you've, you've eloquently put them there, but they will be uh, come out from that. Um, is there a next phase or is there a next step? Is there anything else you're, you're, you're looking forward to in this area?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, professional learning communities are, are quite well known, but, you know, there's also communities of practice which have similarities or online learning communities. Um, so something I've looked at with a, a colleague, um, Alan Gorman, who was recently on your podcast, he did uh, work around online learning communities of student teachers. And when we looked at kind of findings that came out of his, his research, there were really similar findings with the plc for inclusive practice findings in terms of the the safe space the critical dialogue um the inclusive membership and and um you know the space for public sharing of work and um we looked at then look can can we do a piece of work around here we did a cross case analysis um, so literature review on PLCs, OLCs, online learning communities, okay, what's the commonality here when it comes to learning communities and that's that idea of the situated learning theory mm. underpinning
0: it. Mm. Um, and the situation, you know, can differ. Absolutely. But it's the same things that people need. Cross those? Yes,
1: yeah, and, and very similar challenges at initial teacher education level and for practicing teachers when it comes to inclusive practice and, and the lack of confidence at times that can occur. So out of that cross case analysis, we looked at, okay, what are the design principles for learning communities that support inclusive practice? Um and we have a paper in the Professional Development in Education Journal that should be published online very shortly. or it'll probably be July time. We're hoping that it'll be be online.
0: Um, so we're I looking mean, forward add to that. that into the, that'll, that'll be great. <laughs> at, at the time, it sounds um fascinating. And as I say, it's just great to see that continuation uh, of the idea right through from your EdDoc work through um to your your current project and 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 the one that's current will be with us in in a couple of weeks so um Eva, that's, that was a fascinating conversation, I think um our listeners would be very interested in you know the publication and the framework that comes out of it, and also those findings around you know implementing those professional uh communities of practice communities of learning sorry um and uh, I think from my point of view the the difference between those that had teachers only then those that involve the s n a s as well I think they're really interesting findings for those who are working in the area so Thanks again for giving up your time and providing us with all those wonderful
1: insights. Thanks very much, Peter.
0: Thanks again for joining us on Let's Talk Education Research. To find out more about the podcast, you can email me directly on reader.t.tiernan or you can find me on Twitter, pt underscore phone underscore home.